I'm Chelsea, and I love true crime. And I'm David, and I love horror movies. And this is based on a true crime. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our second Halloween minisode and our kind of part two of Creepy Doll Week. We've been getting a lot of really cool feedback on our episode on the Conjuring Universe that we've been pretty excited about. And I just wanted to bring up some suggestions and stories we've gotten from listeners. Actually, so David, you know how you met the Warrens at your college? Yes. So Suzanne on Facebook uh, listened to our episode and she says... Quote, after listening to your latest podcast, I thought you guys might be interested to know that I lived in Monroe, Connecticut from 1978 to 1983, middle school until I graduated high school. I never visited the occult museum and people there thought the Warrens were kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) They did put on a presentation at our middle school one Halloween, which was fun and a bit creepy. I can't imagine parents allowing that to happen these days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine it either. Yeah, that'd be really um, scary. But man, that's so cool. Yeah. I I bet that was really awesome. That's kind of like in their prime too. Man, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, the rock stars of the paranormal world. Yeah. And we also had a chat with Steve on Twitter and he suggested that we listen to the Monster Talk podcast episode 114 about demon dolls Ooh, um, scary! so we've been putting off listening to the full one because it does cover robert the doll and i feel like if they go into much more detail i'm gonna be intimidated <laughs> but we did listen to the first five minutes of that episode together and the story is just incredible everyone should just go listen to it i'm not gonna spoil it but david listened to it with me and <laughs> it it was pretty amazing. Yeah. So it's it's a really interesting podcast. I'm definitely going to go back and pick out a couple to listen to that are relevant to the, the Warren cases. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah. And I also wanted to direct everyone to the Something's Not Right Instagram because Olivia has an awesome like plush Robert the Doll that I guess she got in Key West that is spectacular and creepy and everyone should should take a look at that it's real cute (laughs) and creepy cute and creepy yeah just like you david (laughs) oh so sweet all right well let's get into it so as i mentioned this is part two of creepy doll week and this week we are talking about robert the doll and the child's play movies that were kind of inspired by his story or his legend more like so first i'm going to talk about just that the origins of robert the doll you know this story happened in the early really spans the early 1900s till today but from what i could find online it really is more like a legend in that there are different variations of the story oh interesting. so there's a few okay. points where i'm gonna say you know i've read this or this so pick whatever is creepier <laughs> All right. Robert Eugene Jean Otto. uh, So not Eugene Jean, but his middle name's Eugene. He went by Jean. He grew up in a mansion in the Key West in the early 1900s. The family's maid gave him a doll, which Jean loved and would take everywhere with him. He even named the doll Robert after himself. The doll was one of a kind. He was 40 inches tall, so basically the size of a child himself. And he was stuffed with wood wool, known as Excelsior. And he was dressed in a little sailor suit. Oh, a little Adorable, right? sailor suit. Just yeah. a little sailor suit. Yep. Yep. 
So shortly after receiving this doll, Jean's parents and their servants began to notice that Jean was having conversations by himself in his bedroom, but they could make out two entirely different voices. Sometimes the autos would wake up to Gene screaming in the middle of the night. And when they entered his room, all of the furniture was overturned and Gene would blame the mess on Robert the doll. I think I blamed uh, my mess on a a doll too. (laughs) It was a Chewbacca the doll though. Ooh, creepy. Yeah. So mutilated toys also began appearing around the house and Gene would blame that on Robert the doll. Gene's parents said that they would sometimes hear Robert giggling around the house and passerbys would claim to see a small doll moving between the windows. <laughs> so one version of the story says that the activity became too much for the family to bear and they put Robert in the attic and he stayed there for many years. And the story also goes that Gene's uh, aunt, who put Robert the doll in the attic, died of a stroke that very night. But I've also seen versions that say that Gene was allowed to keep Robert the doll and that he kept Robert the doll by his side as he grew up and became a pretty famous artist. I don't have a secret Robert the doll, by the way. Yeah. That inspires me. So just just getting that out there. You do have that Freddy Krueger doll. Yeah, that came later, though. Yeah. Gene eventually inherited his family's mansion. For the stories where Robert the doll is locked in the attic, this is when Gene would take Robert the doll out of the attic and place him back in his old bedroom. So because Gene was such a prominent artist, his mansion became known as the Artist House. It actually still is known as the Artist House, and it's a bed and breakfast. Oh, cool. We should go stay. Stay in Robert the doll's room. Don't worry, Robert the doll's not there anymore, which we'll get to. Eventually, Gene got married. Uh, His wife was named Annette. And surprisingly, she was not a fan of a creepy child-sized doll that moves around the house by itself. (laughs) Yes. I've heard two different stories about this. Either Annette locks Robert the doll in the attic and dies from insanity. Or, you know, Gene actually kept Robert by his side until he died in 1974. And then Annette left the house and left Robert the doll in the house. So in 1974, the house was purchased by Myrtle Reuter and she inherited Robert the doll. While she owned the house, she would have tenants stay with her and they reported hearing footsteps in the attic above their rooms. A plumber who was working on the premises said he heard giggling and when he turned around, he noticed that the doll had moved across the room on its own. Not good. Yes. Malcolm Ross, a reporter for The Hill, visited Robert in his room in the house during this time. And he said of his experience, quote, it was like a metal bar running down my back. At first, when we walked through the door, the look on his face was like a little boy being punished. It was as if he was asking himself, who are these people in my room and what are they going to do with me? He also noticed that when one of his friends commented that Gene Otto was an old fool, the expression on Robert's face changed to an expression of disdain, as though he were following the conversation. Ross said, quote, there was some kind of intelligence there. The doll was listening to us. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> That's like very Chucky to me right there. Yeah. So I feel like when he's being a good guy his expression is one way and then it's like like it switches (laughs) right oh (laughs) freaky yeah Yeah. so six years after purchasing the artist house myrtle Reuter moved to a different house on von fister street she had grown fond of robert (laughs) somehow (laughs) Um, and she ended up taking him with her when she moved And they lived together until 1994 when she donated him to the Fort East Martello Museum. 
and informed the museum that he moved around on his own and he was haunted. (laughs) And a few months later, she passed away. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, you know, by the way, um, this doll moves on his own. Yeah, a haunted doll. Yeah, no big deal. Present for a museum. Yeah. So although Robert was not initially on display, when people heard that he had been given to the museum, they started to show up at the museum asking to take a look at him. So eventually he was given his own exhibit and visitors and staff noticed that cameras and electronics tended to malfunction near his display. Uh, apparently Robert's new favorite pastime, which you might've heard of if you've heard anything about the Robert the doll. I feel like this is kind of the big one, two punch. So, um, his favorite pastime is cursing people who take his photo without permission. The museum has amassed a collection of letters from folks who have done that. And these letters are begging Robert for forgiveness and oftentimes kind of recounting how their curse has played out. So like after how, I finish this story, we're going to read some of those letters. Oh, cool. So <laughs> yes. like how many letters do they have? They said that they've received around a thousand letters oh, sweet Jesus. addressed to Robert <laughs> over the years. Oh, yes. man. I thought you were going to say like a hundred. Nope. Ooh. A lot of curses. He's a busy boy. A busy boy doll. <laughs> <laughs> a little boy sailor doll. Yeah. I did do a little bit of looking into why Robert the doll is cursed. The most popular story goes, so Robert was a gift from the family maid, right? So she was a Bahamian maid who was dismissed by the family. And the story is either she was dismissed for practicing voodoo or she was dismissed because Jean was very fond of her and the parents didn't like that. But apparently she had made the doll for Robert and cursed it to get revenge on the parents because the parents were very cruel to their servants. And the story goes that she used uh, Robert or Jean Otto's own hair to make the doll and that the doll basically took over his life. And that's why he was so attached to it. And that's why after he got the doll and started calling the doll Robert, he ended up going by Jean. So it's interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, Definitely not true. (laughs) They, They have done testing on the hair. Okay. And the hair is a synthetic fiber. Oh, all right. And the museum also dug into the origins of the doll. The doll was created by the Steef Company. This was a company that actually invented the teddy bear. Really? <laughs> yes. Huh. Um, at least the teddy bear is so like the teddy bear that's named after Theodore Roosevelt. I'm sure stuffed bears already existed. Yeah. Um, he's also not really a doll. <laughs> he, he was made for a window display. Oh, I thought you were going to say he was a puppet or something, but all right, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, he so, was so he was big. not made to be you know, sold as a doll, which is why he is, I think, so unique and maybe distinct looking. They said he was part of a window display of clowns and jesters. Oh, there you go, clowns. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> a double whammy. But actually, if you look really closely at his face, you can see that it was once painted to look like a jester, but it's very faded with time. Um, So I guess the other theory about Robert's behavior is that it was actually, he was kind of created by Gene himself. So Gene would always blame Robert the doll for his bad behavior. And somehow that like infused the doll with this mischievous energy. Uh, So I was thinking maybe kind of like a tulpa, like a creation of his own thoughts. Ooh, that's inter- yes. an interesting perspective on it. But that. I personally think it's a demon because it's always a demon, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. Unless it's an actual little boy that's dressed up as the doll. 
Wait, how would oh, that work? Oh, here's the other interesting thing. So yeah. you know how he was a window display? Uh-huh. So that little sailor outfit they think is probably actually one of Robert's outfit or one of Jean's outfits. Oh, so it's like an actual kid. child. So it's an actual outfit. child's outfit on this 40-inch window display doll. <laughs> okay, wow. All right. So I did want to end the story with some of the real letters written by real cursed people to Robert the doll. David, why don't you read the first one? Dear Robert, you have probably received many letters like this from people like me, people who are sure there was no such thing as a Robert the Doll curse. You see, it is easy to act tough and try to impress your friends by being disrespectful. And unfortunately, that is the camp I find myself in. My name is Dan Schultz. Back in 2009, we visited the East Martello Museum. The entire purpose of the visit was to come and meet you. We walked by your old house multiple times over the years and have always wanted to visit you at the museum. Our visit was fun and informative, and seeing you was the best part. I am not sure what made me act like a jerk to you. I didn't ask for your permission to take your picture, and I openly mocked you. Like I said, I was just trying to be funny and impress the people I was visiting with. I in no way actually meant what I said, and I realize now I made a big mistake. Since that day in late 2009, we have had a run of bad luck. I've had multiple health issues, I had a near-death experience with anemia, we've had family members and pets die, and bad luck for our finances that ended with us filing for bankruptcy and still having financial difficulties. The purpose of this letter is to profoundly apologize and act for your forgiveness. I've talked about this event on a popular travel podcast that I'm the co-host of. A podcast is a radio show people can hear on their computers, and will always speak with high respect of you. Again, Robert... Please accept my sincere apologies, and if you see fit to forgive and end the bad luck, I would appreciate it, as would my family. Dan Schultz, West Palm Beach, Florida. And the note stuck on it says, please post where Robert the Doll will see this. Wow, that is a string of bad luck. Yeah. Woo. That was a pretty good apology, though. Yeah. Like, I, I would forgive him. Yeah, totally. Admitted what he did, said he was sorry. Mm, maybe give his podcast a listen. I don't know. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right. Let me read... One more. Robert, sorry I did not ask aloud to take your picture. Since then, my husband lost his diamond, one carat, out of his ring. I tore my rotator cuff and my daughter's wedding was canceled. All happened before I returned home. Please stop the curse. I am truly sorry and life is tough enough. <laughs> Sincerely, Kathy. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to do one more? Do you want to do two more? Sure. There are so many. All right. All right. Yeah, let's do two more. All right. Dear Robert. Hello, Robert. How are you? I am not good. I have a backache. I don't know why my back is hurt. Then I remember you. Two months ago, I took a picture of you. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that I can't take a picture of you. Should I delete the picture? I must apologize for the delay of sending you mail. I don't know how I can apologize, so I'm writing this letter. I'm so sorry. I hope your life is very good. And that's Naoya uh, Sitiba, Japan. There is also this little piece at the end. Dear Robert, please forgive my friend for not asking your permission before taking your picture. He is Japanese and did not understand, so please accept this apology. I really enjoyed visiting you, Dale from Eon, North Carolina. That would be the worst if you like are traveling abroad and you don't know. Like, I know. I feel like they like, need to make oops. sure they have that warning sign posted in multiple languages. Robert's like, nope, no uh-huh. excuse. All right. I'm going to read one more. Okay. This is from Rosie. All right. Dear Robert, I am very sorry for not asking your permission to take your picture while visiting the museum last week. 
Since I have taken your picture without permission, many strange things have happened to me. While driving back from the Keys, a deer ran out in front of our car. We had to swerve to avoid hitting it and ran off the road. We almost hit a tree. Two days later, we had a small kitchen fire. Also, we have been hearing childlike giggles from our basement. Last night, I was home all alone. I heard a voice coming from the basement. When I went to investigate, I tripped and fell down the bottom three stairs. I got up to run out, but the door was locked. My husband said that I probably turned the lock myself without even thinking about it and locked myself in the basement. But honestly, Robert, we both know the truth. Please accept my deepest apology for taking your picture without asking. Also, please accept my daughter's apology for sticking out her tongue at you and making fun of you. Sincerely, Rosie. <laughs> That's terrifying. Pretty scary. I wonder what would have happened to the kid if she hadn't apologized for her. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Yeah, if you're ever in Key West and have the opportunity to go to that museum and see Robert the doll for yourself, uh, don't take his picture. Would you take his picture without permission, David? No. Yeah, neither would I. <laughs> I don't believe, you know, I'm not superstitious, but I subscribe to the just in case theory of like, yeah, just in case, I'm just going to not do that. Yeah, yeah, I I just feel like anything that would happen that would be bad would we could just be like Robert the doll. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's right. crazy. Well, that is the end of my Robert the doll tale. Good scary stuff. Yeah, speaking of good scary stuff, uh, why don't you tell us about another pair of best friends, a boy yeah. and his doll? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna jump into a discussion of 1988's child play in just a second hold tight everyone has a birthday they'll always remember can we open my presents now mommy a good guy i know it (laughs) i i'm chucky he's something isn't he this is andy's time for bed andy Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Good night, Chucky. Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead, Miss Barclays. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Mommy, I know who was on the counter. Andy! Andy. Chucky. Nobody believes you about Chucky. For God's sake. Why won't you believe me? Because I'm sane. This is Barkley sane and rational. No one believes the truth. (laughs) Or lives to tell it. There's nothing nice about murder. And there's nothing innocent about child's play. (laughs) 
And we're back to talk about 1988's Child's Play and uh, just a little bit about the Chucky franchise, tying into our story of Robert the Doll that Chelsea just told us about. The um, story of Child's Play is a single mother gives her son a much sought-after doll for his birthday, only to discover that it is possessed by the soul of a serial killer. Child's Play was, it came out in 1988 and is directed by Tom Holland. And for you horror fans out there may recognize his name since he wrote and directed 1985's Fright Night, which... So good. I love that movie. Yeah. Yes. I, it's um, it's probably my and favorite vampire. And the remake vampire. is pretty good too. Yep. It's like one of... I was very surprised. Yeah. I know that was polarizing, but I really enjoyed the remake as well. So Fright Night, I guess, largely considered one of the great vampire stories of all time. He also directed um, some classic TV from the 80s and 90s, including Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories, three episodes of Tales from the Crypt, the Stephen King adaptation of Thinner, a television horror anthology called Twisted Tales, and the Stephen King adaptation of The Langoliers. Child's Play was written primarily, there are two writers involved with this story, and one is Tom Holland himself, who is credited with the final screenplay, but I guess the setup and main story and the, I guess the man who is keeping Chucky alive these days is writer and director Don Mancini. As I said, he has written all of the Child's Play films and then directed the most recent three, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, and the latest Cult of Chucky, which just came out the 1st of October. Child's Play, the cast of characters. Alex Vincent plays Andy Barclay. He's the one that gets the good guy's doll that unfortunately turns out to house the soul of a serial killer. Oh my gosh. Catherine Hicks plays his mom, Karen. Aunt Maggie is played by Dina Menoff. Chucky himself and also Charles Lee Ray in the flesh is played by Brad Dorif. And Detective Mike Norris is played by the great Chris Sarandon. So did he get that because of Fright Night, you think? Yeah, yeah, because he had worked with uh, Tom Holland. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, yeah, Chris Sarandon plays, uh, I love his character. He's the, I guess, one of the, he has quite a bit of screen time in this. Um, It takes place in Chicago. So he's a Chicago cop, and it's just really cool seeing Chris Sarandon in this. He's so good. I like him in everything. Yeah. I'm excited to meet him in a couple weeks. Yeah, we got to meet him (laughs) at uh, Horror Hound. uh, Where? Columbus. Columbus. (laughs) Horror Hound Columbus, Ohio. But we're attending as fans instead of uh, having a lap creature booth this year. All right. So every film session is not complete without a lengthy session of trivia. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Just don't ask me anything. All right. Well, not trivia questions. (laughs) So there's some pretty cool stuff about Child's Play centering on Chucky. So Chucky himself was designed by special makeup effects artist Kevin Yeager, who also refined Robert England's Freddy Krueger for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 Freddy's Revenge, Part 3 Dream Warriors, and Part 4 The Dream Master. Yeager worked with puppeteer Brock Winkless and actor Brad Dorff to bring Chucky to life. And producer David Kirshner is also credited as contributing to Chucky's design. I guess really the 80s doll craze was a big part of the inspiration for Chucky's appearance. You know, there were a lot of 
toys back then that some of you may recognize, like Teddy Ruxpin, my buddy, um, and spinoff kid sister, and of course the Cabbage Patch Kids and the Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah, uh, uh. like having those two in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the Cabbage Patch Kids and the Garbage Pail Kids. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's because yeah, because the Garbage <laughs> Pail Kids were a parody of the Garbage Garbage Patch. Wait, Cabbage Pail. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like the Garbage Pail Kids is already its own horror spin on dolls in a different way than Chucky. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, its its own thing. Just like David S. Pumpkins, right? Yep. All right, a couple more fun things here. There is a really cool article that I found called Blood Buddy, The Strange Evolution of the Chucky Doll that um, was written for Wicked Horror by um, author Nat Brenmer. And the quote that I'm going to read just kind of describes how Don Mancini's original script differs from Tom Holland's film script. So, quote, Don Mancini's original screenplay was very different from what wound up being made. His story was called Blood Buddy and was much more focused on the consumer satire that is uh, sort of a background element in Child's Play. A solid idea, Blood Buddy is an interesting twist on a killer toy story, as the doll is actually a manifestation of Andy's id. Satirizing dolls that pee and poop, etc. The Blood Buddy is a doll that bleeds when cut or scraped, so that kids would have to go and buy special band-aids from the toy company to patch their buddy up. In this initial story, Andy makes a blood pact with the toy, mixing his blood with its synthetic blood and causing it to inadvertently come to life. From that point on, even if Andy doesn't realize it, the two are linked. The doll kills anyone that the boy harbors an unconscious resentment toward. I really want to see that movie. How come that doesn't exist? Well, I guess because that's incredible. Kid, yeah. Yeah, and I I feel like a lot of that taps into the um I don't know, a little bit of that the Robert the doll like stuff I guess a little bit. Yeah, I know we're going to get into it more in the movie discussion, but you know we as the audience during this movie know from the beginning that Chucky is possessed by you know, the soul of a serial killer and Chucky's his own thing to quote David Pumpkins. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's interesting because everyone else in the movie, they're questioning if it's Andy. So yeah, it, it would kind of be interesting to have a movie from the perspective of kind of them, of like, is it the boy or is it the doll? I like that. Ooh, let's write the script, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there was already. <laughs> but yeah, um, actually tying directly into what you were just had just mentioned, Roger Ebert really liked Charles' play. Um, nice. He loved it, and he gave it a positive review. So I'm going to read an excerpt of his review from November 9th of 1988. And Roger Ebert says, quote, What is it about dolls that makes them seem so sinister? Why is it that kids in the movies always seem to share some evil secret with their dolls? And why is it that when you see a doll on a shelf, its eyes seem to move by themselves? I think that when we were kids, we all secretly believed that our dolls were up to something while we were asleep. And the movies can exploit that fear because most of us are not aware that we carry that secret around as part of the subconscious trauma that makes life so interesting. The movie also has an intriguing plot device, which is that nobody, of course, will believe that the doll is alive. Little Andy tries to tell them, but they won't believe him. Then his mom realizes that Chucky is moving and talking, even though his batteries were not included. They won't believe her. That's great, man. Yeah. So you were not afraid of dolls, though, as a child. No, I wasn't. No. Did you, and did you have dolls? Did you just have action figures? I mostly had small action figures. I had a Chewbacca doll that was like, I don't know, maybe of two feet tall Jeez. and some teddy bears and st yeah. stuff like that an ewok 
the oh. plushy walk, but I, I didn't have anything that was very like humanoid. Yeah. That were doll sized. How about I, you? Did you have dolls? Well, I've, I've told you my doll story. I think I said in the last episode, I was going to tell it on this. Oh, well, so, I mean, okay. yeah, there, so, yeah. I was of the age of when Goosebumps was very popular. So the ventriloquist in that, the ventriloquist in Buffy. But my fear of actual dolls, I had this really traumatic nightmare when I was a kid. And I could still like envision it in my head. I heard scratching in the closet in my bedroom. And I went and I opened the closet door. And there was, you know, a bunch of like clothes piled in the closet, you know, kind of like my closet now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I moved the clothes aside and there's like a plastic baby doll. Um, you know, kinda, it's just like the bald ones with the baby face and like the soft body, but hard plastic arms and legs and like a hard plastic head. And suddenly like the face contorted into like a freaky vampire face with sharp teeth and it like flew at me and then I woke up screaming. And then I've hated dolls ever since. <laughs> that's terrifying. Yes. Yeah. 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 I probably would swear off dolls after that. Yeah. Too. The end. Ooh, that's scary. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. So speaking of like, yeah, spooky things, this one has quite a few good taglines. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole list uh, of them, I guess, that they, uh, they use for the, the marketing of the movie. I'll just list them off here. No one believes the truth or lives to tell it. Nah. Yeah. Mer. All right. He wants you for a new best friend. That one's all right. You'll wish it was only make-believe. No, I don't like that one. Andy Barclay has a new playmate who's in no mood to play. Too long. This doll is killer. That one's okay. (laughs) I kind of like that one. It's stupid, but I like it. Chucky is one mean SOB. I don't... Is there supposed to be a second meaning to that? Or is it... Uh, I don't know. No. (laughs) I don't really get that one then. All right. I like this one. Something's moved in with the Barclay family, and so has terror. That's all right. It's also long. Those are really the taglines. Yeah. 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 My personal favorite's from part two, and that's on the poster. It's, sorry, Jack, Chucky's back. And it's Chucky about to snip off the head of a jack-in-the-box. I do like that one. It's much catchier. Yeah. And that one reminds me kind of of the poster art dictating the tagline, like with ghoulies, (laughs) that uh, they'll get you in the end. I know that story. Yeah. You should yeah. describe the ghoulies poster for anyone who hasn't seen it. The ghoulies is uh, the little creature coming out of the toilet. Get it? They'll get you in the end. It's brilliant. They're talking yeah. about your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's true. I think a lot of us were scared to use the toilet after that movie. So, all right. Well, let's jump into the discussion of the movie. All right, Chelsea, what do you think of Child's Play? A lot of build up, I guess. I liked it more than I thought I would. I avoided seeing this movie for years because of the whole evil doll thing, but it was really funny. I think what what really freaks me out when I'm watching movies with like possessed dolls, it's like the like little pitter patter of feet, you knowing stuff is going on, but most of the characters not realizing it, but Chucky is revealed very early and I feel like that kind of like the to the people also, you know, Andy knows the whole time. The mom finds out pretty early. Chris Sarandon's character, you know, also finds out. And yeah, it's uh, the comedy really helps to offset some of the tension in a good way, though. It made it watchable for me and for anyone else out there who doesn't like evil doll movies. <laughs> don't worry too much about this one. I feel like I want to kind of compare it to the boy. How so? So the boy follows along with all the scary doll tropes that do get to me. 
right? The pitter-patter of feet, the like shadows moving under the door. You you never see the doll moving, but it's in different places. Like that kind of stuff is what freaks me out in scary doll movies. But that movie did not stick the landing. (laughs) Oh, no, it did not. No, no, it it was actually quite bad. So like on a whole, I really did not like that movie because it was both unpleasant for me to watch as someone who is scared of dolls and is also just bad. Whereas like this movie was much better. (laughs) I liked it. Cool. He's staring at your Chucky. David's wearing a Chucky shirt as we're recording our Chucky episode. I'll have to post some pictures. It is gory. Yeah, it's a Travis Filigrant T-Rav in collaboration with Cavity Colors. Yeah. yeah, I've seen you wear that shirt a lot, but now that I've actually seen the movie, I understand why he's fleshy and not just a doll. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that would be really weird. It was kind of weird, yeah. yeah. Oh, but what did you think? I mean, I... I I'll let you like it. But tell our listeners what you think, David. Yeah, I like Child's Play quite a bit. I like the whole franchise. I didn't see it in theaters. I was a little young for that. And I was, I don't know, I, th- I thought that the creepy doll aspect of it, it did freak me out a little bit as a kid. So it wasn't until I was like an older teenager when I started watching them. It was probably by the time the second or third one came out where I saw one and two together and started to kind of dig Chucky. I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm a Chucky super fan. But I do appreciate the series. and I'm so glad you're not a Chucky super fan. The movie wasn't as scary as I thought. But if we had one of those dolls in the house, I would not sleep. Yeah, don't worry. I, I won't get a Chucky doll. Maybe a good guy's doll. How's that? <laughs> Is that all right? Yeah. I'm Tommy. Let's be friends till the end. Heidi ho. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did watch Chucky too. We did. We watched. Yes. We did. We watched the second one. I like that one too. I, I didn't like it as much. It felt much more tragic. I really enjoyed the first one as like a complete story. I'd be curious to watch the later ones because I feel like so many people seem to really like Bride of Chucky. Oh, br- yeah. Bride I do of like Chucky Jennifer Tilly. So I feel good about the movies now. I feel like we're going to make our way through. We'll have to give an update maybe when we finally watch Cult of Chucky because everyone's been talking about it. I feel like I've seen everyone coming out with podcast episodes about Chucky and Cult of Chucky in like the last two weeks. So... I guess uh, we're not the only ones. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time to be a Chucky fan, yeah. I suppose, with new movies coming out. I do feel like, not that it's a companion piece to Fright Night, but it feels like a Tom Holland film. The first one does. I was listening to one of the more recent Shockwaves episodes where they interview Don Mancini, and he was talking about the thematic shifts between films. So the first one is a suspense thriller a little bit more about the Charles Lee Ray, the serial killer. Yes, I I should say I appreciate their use of three names. <laughs> yeah. Very, was... very serial killery. Very on point for serial killer. He also has a nickname, the Lakeshore Strangler, right? Which isn't Lakeshore a brand of like children's clothing? <laughs> oh, I don't know. But it's like Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. Uh, all right. Yeah. I guess that's where he was strangling people. Yep. On the waterfront. I thought he was named after the children's clothing brand. Oh, I didn't know about that. Maybe it was a little of both. I don't know. I have to cut all this out if I'm wrong. I don't want to sound stupid. <laughs> you never sound stupid. Never, ever. Yeah, the three. Until I... Oh, oh. it's Lakeshore Learning. They do supplies for like elementary school, like teacher supplies. That's what my mom used to get their catalogs. That's oh. why it sounded so familiar. All right. Yeah. It's better than a company that strangles people. <laughs> yeah. hopefully they don't sell chucky dolls to schools yeah i mean that'd be pretty pretty awful i guess did i almost say pretty cool i didn't mean that (laughs) it's fine we don't have any kids what if we dress up the cats in like a chucky outfit good guy doll outfit 
That'd be adorable. Our cats wearing little overalls and striped shirts. Are you kidding me? That would be so cute. Hi, I'm Eemzy. Let's be friends till the end. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, get a little spoilery and just walk through the movie real quick. I know this is a mini-sode, so. <laughs> yeah, I feel like our movie discussion's already dwarfed the... Uh, no, no, yeah. it, it, it meets it. All right. Yeah. The movie starts with I, I, what I figure to be your favorite part, which is the serial killer chase. Yes, there is a serial killer chase. Chris Sarandon and what's his name? Brad Dorf. Yep. Into a toy store. Yes. And? Uh, uh, some sort of mystical. Uh, well, Chris Sarandon shoots him. Oh, right. First. Yes. Yeah. He gets shot. He's dying right next to a big old display of good guy dolls. Yes. Which is this you know, cute, baby-faced, red-headed doll wearing overalls. I want to say, get like a kind of a Bob the Builder vibe, right? Because they sell like a little toolkit for him. Uh, and he has his own TV show also that you see little clips of later. But yeah, so he's he's dying and he grabs out one of the dolls and does a little voodoo chanting. And... All of a sudden, the skies open up and yep. some vicious clouds come in and some lightning strikes. and Lightning strikes. Uh, the, the, I guess the whole thing just kind of blows up. The toy store just explodes. Yep. And it's one of those where you're like, oh, Chris Sarandon's in this. Oh, he's dead. But no. I, yeah, I thought he was dead. But apparently, he somehow walks away from that ginormous explosion unscathed. And what's also unscathed is one particular good guy doll. <laughs> I was going to say one particular Robert the doll. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, one particular good guy doll that will come back momentarily. Next, you meet Karen and Andy. She's a single mom working, was it at like a perfume counter in a department store? Yeah, she's working at a department store. Yeah. They kind of like see the. It starts off really cute because Andy's, Andy's making this breakfast, and you think like he's just a kid sort of being a little obnoxious gonna eat cereal in front of the tv but then they kind of do a little bit of a twist and it's he's bringing his mom breakfast even though it's his own birthday yeah oh he's such a good kid yeah and alex vincent i feel like is a great child actor and yes. he, he's not annoying sometimes kids in movies are just especially weird. in that decade i feel like there are lots of annoying children in movies of that time but he was excellent yeah he's like making the sugary sweet cereal then it's like the chuckios or whatever and then adding oh, sugar God, yeah. to it really... chuckios is that what they're called something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no they're not chuckios of course because there's yeah. only one chucky they all have different names all the good guys yes all, all the good guys have, have different, different names. names yes yeah so there's a hi i'm elmer <laughs> or i don't know you're like there's a hi there's a hi i'm kermit hello <laughs> <laughs> gets copyrighted uh, yeah, yeah they're like i mean um i sound like Ger no i'm sorry. <laughs> yeah i i did not know that going into this movie i i guess i kind of thought they were all chucky dolls i always think that the movie's called chucky it's not it's called child's play <laughs> but after three they use chucky yeah. in all the titles so. yeah Maybe that's it's so confusing yeah. but yeah so it's it's his birthday you know his mom gives him a present and he it's unwraps like, it and he's disappointed yeah it's, it's like a, a good guy building kit yeah or it's like a good tool guy kit. toolbox and some like clothes but he really wanted one of them giant creepy talking good guy dolls that each have their own unique name but karen's thinking on her feet because 
she is at least like, yeah, I know, you know, I couldn't like afford the super awesome toy. Yeah. But it kind of feels like when Andy's watching the commercial for the good guy doll, that this was kind of his first time seeing that there was a doll, an interactive doll. It's almost like yeah. the cartoon had been out. There were some toys. And then all of a sudden the interactive good guy doll comes out. Yeah, yeah, it did seem kind of new because I think did she say something like she didn't she wasn't able to like save up enough money for it yet or something? Yeah. So I I, I do think it it might be hot off the uh, weird factory line that we see in Child's Play too. Yeah, and I remember as a kid yeah. the like Cabbage Patch got Cabbage Patch. I keep wanting to say Garbage Pail Kids because I love Garbage Pail Kids. The Cabbage Patch dolls. I want to say Cabbage Patch Kids, but they're Cabbage Patch Kids, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I was really confused, but people were crazed for those too. So it's like they get into that little bit of like the consumerism aspect of it. And then when I was growing up, we were all about Furbies. Oh yeah. And I finally yeah. got one and it was so creepy that I left it at my friend's house and never went back for it. <laughs> I used to wake up at night and I'd wrap it in clothes and put it in my dresser drawer and I'd still wake up in the middle of the night and make its weird Furby noises. Ah, uh, yeah, Furbies were pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I hated dolls and I, I really wanted a Furby. It's like worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could see that. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, well, wait, anyway. We're getting sidetracked. Yeah. So, so turns- she goes to work. Yes. Her friend's there. She says there's a guy in a back alley selling a good guy's doll and they go out and buy it for like, I guess they're normally like a hundred bucks and she gets it for like 50 for like or 30 or 30. I think, yeah. yeah they kind of talk him down and then yeah. she gets it. Which, oh my god, number one, don't buy animatronic dolls for your children. And definitely don't buy them from guys in a back alley. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the packaging is pristine. The doll is pristine, despite the explosion. (laughs) So, must be protected by that voodoo magic. Yeah, I guess so. We'll cut into the chase. Andy's mom is, like, trying to get home to be there his birthday night. But, you know, the boss is being a jerk and, like, makes her work a shift. So she's able to get home and get him the present. But then she leaves him uh, with Aunt Maggie. Yes. Is that his real aunt? Or I think it's just, like, a coworker a that co-worker, he calls. Yeah. yeah, Aunt Maggie, because uh, she's, like, good friends with the mom, and I guess. So she offers to babysit when she can't get off work. And, you know, Andy's so excited for his doll. He takes the doll out and says, hi, I'm Andy. What's your name? And the doll goes, hi, I'm Chucky. Let's be friends to the end. Heidi ho. Oh, my God. Yes. So Chucky, as we know, is a nickname for Charles. Yep. So it's Charles Lee it's, Ray. It's Charles Lee Ray. Yes. And uh, to me, it like establishes the Andy's going to get blamed for some of the happenings that Chucky's doing in the their apartment. What happens right away because Chucky wants to watch the news because they're talking about his death on the news. <laughs> they're talking about, you know, capturing the Lakeshore Strangler and looking for one of his accomplices. Yeah, who was the yeah. getaway driver who got away by yep. himself and left poor old Chuck yep. in the dirt. So it's time for Andy to go to bed. Andy tells Maggie that you know, Chucky wants to stay up and watch the nine o'clock news because that's totally normal. <laughs> and she says, no, you guys just need to go to bed. So she puts him to bed, goes about her business. And suddenly, you know, she hears pitter patter of feet and the TV turns on on the nine o'clock news and basically this is kind of the creepy doll stuff. So you do get a bit of pitter patter and she's says like, Andy, is that you? And it's not. And then she gets 
either pushed or scared and then falls out the window of the apartment and dies. But she gets bashed in the head with the little t- <laughs> the little good guy doll hammer. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. They don't really show it. They show like him grab the hammer, right? And then I think you see her like turn around and scream and then go through the, show like, the, like, the outside. Thump, the hit, the, yeah, he swings it at her and it hits her and then she falls backwards and then... Ah, uh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then that leaves... R.I.P. Like, Maggie. Yes. Yeah. And then Karen comes home and is like, I kind of like the trope of we as the audience see something awful happen and then one of the characters comes home and there's a crime scene. Yeah. And, and she doesn't it, know, you know, is it... She knows it's her apartment building but at first she doesn't know it's her apartment and then she sees it's her apartment and is first like looking for her son obviously that would be her priority and then sees that he's okay and then finds out that maggie is dead and you know the police obviously suspect that andy had something to do with it they see weird little footprints in the flower that you know it's the bottom pattern of the chucky doll's shoes because it was chucky that did it but were they Chuck Andy. Taylor? <laughs> oh, <laughs> but Andy's also wearing good guy pajamas that have the same pattern on the bottom of his feet. So basically the whole rest of the movie is Andy saying he didn't do these things. And then the mom not really believing at first. Yeah. Could you imagine being like, it's like the 80s and you're like a little kid and you're a, fan, a super fan of everything and everything's commercialized and you have all the merchandise and then that thing that you love commits a crime that you get blamed for and then you look like suddenly look like some obsessed (laughs) like weirdo well and it's he tells his mom i guess that like chucky like pushed her out the window because she's like a bitch (laughs) the little kid says that at that point the mom doesn't know that the doll is real so the mom is going to be thinking that that's andy coming up with that on his own and i like how he kind of recovers because he's just like you're probably grieving about Aunt Maggie or something, Mom. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. And then she like <laughs> nice forgets. Nice try, kid. What, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically, he ends up skipping school one day, you know, on Chucky's orders. They go and they find the accomplice and lots of explosions. It's a surprising number of explosions in this movie because he goes and blows up the house, killing the accomplice. And then Karen gets the call, I guess, that Andy is in the police station and she goes there Andy gets put under a psychiatric watch and Karen has to take the doll back to the apartment. The really smart thing is how the plot creates scenarios where people are able to transport Chucky from location to location to advance the plot. And it makes sense. And it seems, I mean, it's very well structured. Like, yes. I really love that about the movie. Yeah, no, it's it's very smart. There's a, like, <laughs> I feel yeah. like you wouldn't think it's that smart because it's Chucky, but Sorry, it's Sorry, Tom Holland and Don, Man- Don Mancini listeners of the show. I just feel like the, the comedic aspect of it, it didn't need to be as smart as it was to be successful, but someone obviously put a lot of care into constructing this movie. So when you say comedic, do you think it's like into that realm of darkly comedic? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's all, I guess, that Chucky is such a character. To me, he's such a character, and, like, Brad Dorf gives him so much personality. That's, yeah, it makes it really, like, funny in a, in a I don't know, in a dark way. Even stuff like when Andy calls Maggie a bitch. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, there's just something a little bit funny. And, like, there's more funny stuff towards the end, too. Yeah, um, because... Um, well, oh, I think once once Chucky okay. comes to life, oh, once it's she just, brings him you know, home, once, you were, yeah, so yeah, she brings sorry, him home, yeah. and she's starting to suspect it a little bit. So you know, she's like shaking the doll, being like, 
Where talk is to he? me. Oh, talk wait, to sorry. me. She ends up going and like grabbing the box and turning it over and two what are they like d-sized good guys batteries roll out of the box yeah and then she looks closely at the box and it says batteries included and she you know is pretty sure that andy did not put any batteries in that doll so she goes and like slowly checks the battery patch and it's empty she still she still hasn't like had it talk or anything so no, she's like that, say like, something say something well, brings him to the fireplace <laughs> it takes fire i guess yes. to, uh, for old charles lee ray to be like i give up i'm gonna reveal yep. myself that i'm this possessed doll yeah she lights a fire she's about to throw him in there and he freaks out i feel like this is the first time you really see him like with his chucky expressions talking she drops him he does this like weird little stealth roll under the couch oh that rolls the best yeah yeah i feel like this is kind of the movie's reaching its peak i think is this where they fight and like chucky starts bleeding and he's like what is going on and then he ends up going to his old pal who kind of taught him the ways of voodoo while Karen goes to Chris Sarandon, his character that I can't remember. His Mike, name. Yeah, Mike. Detective um, Mike. You tell him like the doll is real and he does not believe her. So she says, well, I need to go find out like where the doll came from. So she goes to hunt down the, that guy that sold her the doll in the back alley. So you have these two going separate ways. So, Chucky goes, so Chucky goes he, to the voodoo priest. Well, I don't want to oh, talk about right. that yet because I, oh, yeah. I feel like it's going to go full circle. So right. so she ends up finding this guy in like a community of homeless people and he tries to you know, sexually assault her and Chris Sarandon comes in with the save and they're able to get the information that this doll came from that burnt out toy store. And Mike, Chris Sarandon's character, knows exactly what happened in that toy store. Yeah, you know, they realize that it's it's Charles Lee Ray and they make the connection to the voodoo also. They like almost cross paths at this voodoo priest, but Chucky gets there first and moiters him. He does with a voodoo doll. Yes, with a voodoo doll. Yep. And Chucky finds out that the longer he stays in this doll, the more human he gets. And in order to escape from the doll... He needs to transfer his soul into the soul of the first person he revealed himself to. So that's Andy. And he needs to do that before he completely becomes the doll. So the the doll, not that the doll becomes human, but the doll is like growing his organs and fleshy bits. And it's pretty, pretty gross. (laughs) And it's good exposition because it shows Antel's because like, you know, you have the little at a time of Chucky like being like, what's going on? And then you see his nosebleed and you see all of that kind of happening. And then he's the story of how how he became to possess a doll. Like it's like, oh, okay, you learn how that happened. Yeah. So Karen and Mike end up getting there and the priest is just clinging to life enough to tell them that they need to go save the boy or else Charles Lee Ray will be back. But then it goes all the way back to like Andy is in like a facility and Chucky's coming after him. And then it culminates with uh, Detective Mike and Chucky's mom and Andy. Right. Yeah. They make it back to the house. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They they make it back. And then that's when you're like, 
All right, well, this is sort of has to wrap up somehow. I think the threat against Andy's, it always feels feels like a real threat. Yeah. That, that something could happen to Andy. Yeah. Like and I feel like it, it has a good ending. It's a long fight, but they do end up managing, you know, Andy burns Chucky in the fireplace, but then he comes back and he's all like burnt up and freaky looking and he gets shot a bunch of times. And then I think he comes back one more time after that to like go after that disbelieving cop before finally being dead with little finger air quotes but i feel like if it was a more modern uh horror movie it probably would have ended with like a wink wink nudge actually they were able to switch souls and now like chucky's and andy yeah does that feel like that would be like a 90s or early 2000s horror movie oh yeah absolutely. Yeah. i think so like freeze frame yeah. on like him like looking sideways and then some like a little music. smirk yeah yeah I really like what they did with it. It was very satisfying. Epic doll battle. Like watching him get shot a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) And then coming back all like charcoaled. And he's like part, doll. partially fleshy too, so that makes it even better. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's like, like a weird gooey, mix of gory. yeah, like melted plastic, but also like burnt flesh. They did a great job. Yeah. 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 No, the all of that effects work is just amazing. Yeah. And the thing about Chucky too is that like he doesn't feel like a ripoff of Freddy Krueger or any of the like other like horror icons that talk a lot. He's like his own. He's his own thing. He, yeah. just like david s pumpkins yep yeah child's play we follow that up with the screening of the second one which they work well together i mean the same actor um alex vincent plays andy so that's cool yeah. he loses the mom's character i was kind of disappointed i mean i wasn't disappointed it was fine as a movie it's just it's really a bummer this second movie like it still has some comedic bits but you know it's like him being separated from his mom especially when you watch it right after the first one and like you witness their bond it's just like oh so she's just gone now (laughs) okay then then he's given to a foster parents who spoiler alert both get killed by chucky after you know being convinced that you know andy is doing all this stuff so like they die thinking that andy is well i guess the dad (laughs) gets to see chucky for a split second before dying but you know the, the i don't know I don't Doesn't know. It's, just, it's to, a bit uh, tragic. To John Connor in Terminator 2, where the T-1000 impersonates uh, his parents and kills them. His step-parents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. It yeah. doesn't have anything to do with that. You can leave that in. You <laughs> okay. can cut it. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> oh. You know, we'll probably go on a journey of watching more of the Child's Play ones and just probably reveal tidbits here and there um, as we watch them. But uh, yeah, Whew. that was a fun one. I'm glad you finally got to see it with me. Yes, I I have no regrets because I watched a couple days ago and I haven't had any nightmares. Excellent. That are doll related. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly like after hearing the Robert the Doll story, maybe I'm a little more creeped out thinking about these dolls now. Yeah, you should be. Who's <laughs> spooky? Don't worry, I don't see any dolls. Let's see. I have a stuffed sloth. I have a stuffed donut with a cat face on it. Yeah. I don't think I have any dolls. All right. We should be safe. Yep, so that true. sloth comes to life and very, very slowly crawls into our bedroom. Oh, very, very slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that's Child's Play and Chucky, Robert the Doll. Yeah. All those spooky dolls. Um, all right. Well, this has been fun. I really, uh, really enjoying these uh, the spooky October discussions. Yes. Just wait until next month. I've been planning out our episodes for next month and it'll be real murder heavy to make up for it. 
All right, you cool. Worry. No, this has been a good uh, a good break from yeah. the. And I can say because we've already had correct guesses on all of our social media. Oh yeah, what's our next uh, episode about, Chelsea? Our next episode is about Jack the Ripper. Ooh. Yes, another heavy hitter. I feel like to to make up for all the horror centric ones, you know, doing the Texarkana Phantom Killer and Jack the Ripper, both in one month. I think it's a pretty fair deal. Yeah, it's pretty good. So we have a maxi minisode here talking about Chucky. <laughs> what are we going to do about Jack the Ripper? It's going to be a three-hour episode, guys. Not really. Well, Not really we'll see. Hours. We haven't recorded it yet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. And I uh, hope you're enjoying your October. Are in an appropriately spooky mood that, you know, weather's starting to cool down and the leaves are starting to fall. And we're drinking lots of pumpkin spiced things of all sorts um yeah pumpkin spice latte latte. sorry (laughs) just if you don't get that uh watch this past week's john oliver yeah all right remember to uh seek us out on social media instagram at based on a true crime twitter true crime based our facebook page based on true crime our website, uh, based on a true crime.com. Email us at based on a true crime at gmail.com. So we're looking forward to the next one. Thanks for joining us. And uh, remember, death is but a door, and time is but a window. We'll be back. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.